Welcome to Common Sense Leadership Podcast with your host, Dr. L.D. Bennett. Common Sense Leadership is an influencer podcast that will make you think, laugh, and act. Thanks for tuning in. Remember to subscribe and tell a friend to also listen and subscribe. Now, let's join our host, Dr. L.D. Bennett. Well, hello and happy Friday. I am so excited about uh, today's podcast and my guest today. As you know, our theme for the month of January is the joy and power in finding your place in 2021. And I could think of no better person uh, to grace our second uh, podcast than my very, very dear friend, Sarah King. And let me just say a little bit about Sarah before I introduce her formally and have her to to begin uh, our conversation. Uh, I met Sarah about a decade ago at the Center for Creative Leadership out of Greensboro. And uh, she and I became uh, co-facilitators and uh, sisters from another mother very quickly. And Sarah is the yin to my yang. I thoroughly enjoy her, uh, her intellect, but I also enjoy her wisdom. And I wanted to share that with you today. Uh, I, I love Sarah, love working with her and everyone that works with us through the Betsy Magnus Leadership Institute and at the center and other things that we do together. Uh, have great benefit. They benefit from her wisdom and her guidance and also from the two of us together. And so I wanted to bring her on because as we look at a new year, as we look at 2021 and we look at some of the things that we want to do going forward, I thought it best to bring on someone that I re- whose, whose advice I really value and uh, I want to bring her on. But I do want to tell you this story. Uh, you remember a couple of sessions ago, I shared with you uh, some practical wisdom. And that practical wisdom was around gaining permission and getting permission. And I, I shared the story about Sarah King and, and the, the great way that she asks questions. Well, this is the Sarah King. And I said to you in that podcast that she asked me the best questions and she asks the best questions always. And so I wanted her to share that wisdom with you. And so I'm so, so excited to have my very dear friend and colleague and sister from another mother, Sarah King on. Sarah, welcome. LD, thank you. It's an honor to be a part of this podcast and your series of Common Sense Leadership. We talked about this, I don't know, a long time ago in terms of what would you want to be doing if you weren't doing what you were doing and this was your idea and i remember the night it started right so i'm thrilled that you're doing it and i'm thrilled to be a part and just honored so thank you well you know sarah you mentioned that and that night you asked me that question and i actually asked the entire table that question and so what i wanted to do was to actually bring you on to to really share some of that wisdom with my audience. And I have both males, females, young, old. I have just a a very wide range of folks that listen and and watch us. So let me start out by asking you this. If you would share your leadership journey with with our listeners and our viewers and tell us a little bit about how you got where you are and, and kind of where you started, some of the twists and turns in the road. Because as we look at 2021, some people are looking to make some shifts Some people are looking uh, to stand pat, but I think listening to you and sharing your leadership uh, journey will be able to help them and inspire them as well. So if you would, please. Thank you, LD. Let me start with where I am now, because then that will kind of shadow how did I get here? So 
where I am now is I've had my own company for 11 years and it is a leadership development company that is comprised of doing executive coaching, team development, as well as programs like what you and I do together. And I love that mixture because I think teaching in the classroom environment or on Zoom is enhanced by the one-on-one -on -one conversations that I by the team development I do and so on and so on. And so what got me here uh, is a question that you asked. So one of the things, the reasons I started my own business is I'm always looking for the developmental opportunity. My time at the Center for Creative Leadership was based on how we grow and develop. So throughout my career, probably knowing this more now than I knew it then, but I've always been just, you know, fascinated by how do we continue to stretch and grow? So starting my own company, getting back into direct client work was the growth I wanted 11 years ago. But how did I get there? Well, as you know, LD, because you know some of this story, I went to an all-girls school my last two years of high school, and I think it was the place that was pivotal in my development as a young female, uh, soon-to-be leader. And why was that pivotal? Because we weren't competing with men for roles. So we, we you know, we're in student government. Um, we started a soccer team. There were things that we did as young women that we stepped up more, had more voice. And I didn't really know that at the time, but it is where I think I became enamored with how young women grow and develop and then how executive women grow and develop. That led me to a four-year co-ed institution where I was an English major, but a women's studies minor. It led me to do my graduate work in upstate New York where I was studying the careers of women. And that led me to the Center for Creative Leadership as a researcher on the breaking the glass ceiling research. And so that period of time was heavy in how women grow and develop to lead. During my time at the Center for Creative Leadership, I began getting involved in classroom development, program development. I took on program management roles. I then took up on leadership roles and people uh, roles. I ended up running their largest global business that I had a team from Asia to Europe to parts of the US where we grew the business to a 32 million leadership development business. So I not only studied leadership, but got the opportunity to really do it. And it was one of my favorite roles. And so this notion of every two years at CCL, I would change roles. And so even though I was at one organization for a long time, I never felt that I wasn't growing. And so career development is all about continuing to kind of seek that growth edge. Where can you continue to grow? So that's how I found myself here, LD. And I would say the growth edge for this last year, for you, for me, for all of us, is how to do this virtually. And so the growth never stops. No, it doesn't. So, so Sarah, you <laughs> talked about something. I want you to noodle out just a little bit more uh, because I thought it was fascinating when you talked about the types of roles that you had, the different experiences that you had. And then you talked about it being in one organization. And I think that as we look at a new year, as we look at quote resolutions and what I'll do differently in the new year, a lot of people are thinking about 
maybe I need to change jobs or maybe I need to change companies. Can you talk a little bit more about experiences and getting that exposure and why that's so important to leadership growth? Absolutely. What we know, and this is very research-based, is that the variety of experiences are important. And why are they important? They are important because each experience teaches you different lessons. So if you're having the same experience, saying in the same role over a period of time, you begin to repeat those lessons. You don't have new lessons. So the importance of variety of experience is you get to try out new things, learn new things, recognize that the lesson that this particular job taught me, I try to repeat and the circumstances have changed. So it creates a nimbleness to recognize that different lenses on the organization, different lenses on the type of function provide new lessons. And so I really believe in that variety as a way to get those critical lessons that create a wonderful platform as you develop your career. Perfect. That leads me to yet another question. So to get to that place where you feel comfortable asking for different experiences, it takes, uh, it takes quite a bit of courage, but also it takes an opportunity. It takes us to be more agile. We have to be more agile uh, to be able to pivot. So if I'm in a, in an organization and it's gone through some change, from last year to this year, and I'm trying to figure out my way, how would you suggest that I approach my manager to ask for these different experiences? Mm -hmm. Well, first you have to understand where the need in the organization is, right? So as I've watched organizations change, what do I see is the need that I know I can fulfill? So one of the ways to approach is if you see a need that you can fulfill, how do you propose that? If you don't see that and are feeling rather stuck, the other idea is to go and have more of an exploratory conversations with multiple executives. Where, where do you see this organization? What are the needs going to be in the next five years? How do you see my career really matching? What I'm looking for is something like XYZ. Does that come to mind? So you can try some exploratory conversations that help other people see what it is you want and explore where those opportunities. You know, you mentioned to me, LD, how does someone in an organization who's been there some time, how do they reinvent? I remember meeting two women who fascinated me so much because um, what often happens is when we become really good, this is the value of expertise, right? When we become really good at something, we get comfortable in that work other people begin to rely on our expertise, and then oftentimes it causes us to stay there, right? Get stuck in there. So I remember this one person said, you know, I'm so skilled in marketing, and but I really wanna get a broader perspective on the organization, but I'm having a hard time breaking out. These two women were instrumental. One was in an IT role. And she actually asked to move from IT to HR to get a broader perspective of people development in this organization. And then it led her to take on additional roles. I thought that was so clever that she was able to make that leap. Another person in finance asked to be moved into a sales role. 
So when you can find that the organization is willing to take a risk on someone who may not have expertise in that particular function, but sees this as a developmental opportunity to give them a much more well-rounded experience, then they have a much more systemic view of how the organization works, has a bigger network, and can help the organization be more successful. So I think it's about one, asking. Uh, two, it's about exploration. Three, it's about, um, you know, when I think about resolutions or intentions, it's about having the viewpoint that I'm never stuck. And you and I both know that there are both men and women executives who often find themselves in a place of feeling stuck. See why I love talking to you. I mean, I feel <laughs> relieved already. <laughs> well, let's talk about something else. <laughs> what? Well, I was getting ready to laugh like you don't know what I'm finishing and when, so we can cut this out, but I'm going, she doesn't know when I'm going to end the point and I don't know when to turn it back to her. <laughs> I try, you know, you know, I'm not good at pausing, right? You know that. And so I, I'm working on that. Pray for me. Okay. <laughs> well, one of the things that, you know, we talk about in Betsy and, uh, and I love, I love, um, just working with you, with the women in, in cable telecommunications, just that whole Betsy Magnus Leadership Institute piece. And, and just, we are just, we grow every time we deal with a cohort and every time we deal with, with one of the Betsy's. We grow, we learn along with them. One of the phrases that you and I have just really come to add to our, our lexicon is one that the Betsy said is that, you know, fail fast. And, and sometimes I think as we are growing in our careers and in leadership, we, we want to avoid failure. Not that we want to live there, but failure happens. It's all a part of growth. So can you talk a little bit about failing fast and why uh, embracing failure is just a part of growth? Why that's so important to us as we begin to gain that expertise and grow in an organization? When I think about that, LD, I think you're such a better person to teach that than I am. <laughs> Here's why. So I think about the, uh, the, the career path for you and the number of risks you've taken, big risks. And what I also admire about you is you get caught up in if something didn't go well. You, you're able to let that go. And I so I call the little, they're the small fail forwards, right? And they're the large fail forwards. And so um, what I would say about myself is I so believe that what you said is true, that it is about failing fast. It's because it's about learning. And it's about recognizing that didn't go how I wanted it to. What did I learn from that so that I can continue to build that skill set? And men and women alike, some are wired. I'm wired to be more perfectionistic, uh, where you know I want to dot my I's and cross my T's. And part of this is a personality, but some of it's learned behavior. And I call it learned behavior because when we're asked um, or, or want to be seen as promotable, we will work really hard to be good at everything or as much as we can. And what that teaches us is to dot all the I's and cross the T's. And, and, and so I think early in our career, we try to really avoid failure because it might 
leave a mark on our career may prevent me from being promoted. But as our career grows, we've got to get more comfortable with that. And I think some are better than others. I wouldn't say I'm the best at it, but it's certainly a journey to let things go faster. Well, you put me kind of, you kind of put me on the spot, okay? So I <laughs> I, I am you know. I know, right? Yeah, you got me zinger. Um <clears throat> I think that I I know that I'm a perfectionist. One of the things that you talk about a lot when we're with our our cohorts is you talk about rumination. I ruminate. I may make a decision and I wait I may fail, fail fast but I will ruminate on it. And uh, a good friend of ours, uh, Grace Killalay and I were talking and, and she was like, you probably ruminate a lot, don't you? Uh, yeah, I do. And I, I'm getting better at it because I'm getting better at making, making the decision and walking away from it. But I am still uh, dot the I, cross the T. I am pressure prompted. I wait till the last minute to do, I do my best work at the last minute. Uh, I'm a planner but I'm still uh, pressure prompted. And I know that about me. That's when I'm most creative. The other thing we were talking about is around, you know, taking those risks. I took a risk to start my own business 18 years ago uh, so that I could be there for my parents and my brother. I, I did that and I, I wasn't quite, quite ready, but I did it and took a lot of risks along the way to make it to where I am today. I, I talked with a, a client and she was thinking about, uh, being uh, working at a nonprofit and she was at a large company and was making very a very nice wage and she had a child the child was about to go to college but she was thinking very seriously about this nonprofit work and I said to her she said I want to be an entrepreneur like you and Sarah and I said well let me just say this to you when I became an entrepreneur like I am today when I eat my entire family eats and when I take a risk it is a personal risk it's not a risk when I have other people depending upon me. And so what we came to, the conclusion we came to with her is you have a child that is very bright and has all these scholarship offers. You don't want to limit that child. So I would say to people that as you're looking at the new year and you're looking at things you want to do, you're thinking about doing, some things we have to do and can do if we are like me, when I eat, my entire family eats, but if others are depending upon you, sometimes the things that we really want to do have to be put on, a, on the back burner. We'll, we'll do that five years from now at this point in time. And so when you talked about just, just how we're, how we are wired, but also how we are trained and how, you know, our upbringing and some of the things that, that really play into making us the individuals that we are. I think that when I hear from people that want to know, what can I do? I don't know what my company's going to do. What can I do going forward. And so if you were to hear, if you were to talk to someone, I know you do talk to folks and they say, well, you know what? I don't really know what my company is going to do uh, in the second, by the second quarter. I don't know, but this is what I need to be thinking about. What advice would you give to those individuals that are saying my career is kind of tenuous right now, but I don't know what to do. What would you say? Hmm. Okay. So first I have to go backwards before I answer your question. And that is, I love conversations like this because I learned two things. One is, I didn't know that you see yourself as a perfectionist. <laughs> Heck yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's not I just you. Huh? 
It's not just you. <laughs> well, so that was one I have, a better, I have a better facade. I have a better facade, you know? <laughs> and the second thing is we all ruminate, but I don't see you as a high ruminator. And so I'm going, okay, LD, boy, there's more conversation for us to have. So I like that. Uh, with that being said, what, what, what is advice for organizations going under change? Well, for individuals who are experiencing change in their organization, you know, you go back to that adage of what do I have control over and what do I not have control over, right? Well, what I have control over is in amidst change is going and getting as much information as I can from different people to understand the landscape even better. Because one of the ways people feel stuck is they... Um, start making assumptions, you know, they start reading the tea leaves, right? But they start making assumptions. And so not all um, organizations under change can be as transparent about what's going on, but having a strong network, being able to ask and get a lot of information to understand opportunities, to recognize that there are ways that you can translate your skills to another role. So how do you help other people see you differently? So that to me is within an organization. Part of also taking control is when there's change and you see you know, the part of the organization of which you are a part no longer is central to the mission. And perhaps there's going to be a downsizing of that particular function. And that's the reality of change in organizations. You can begin to say, how do I take control of reaching out to people outside my organization I do know? doing what this person you talked to, right? Who said, I have a different vision of what I wanted to do. We see all the time individuals making leaps and changes, even during this pandemic. And so advising folks to really think outside the box, to utilize their network, to brainstorm. And once you start doing that, you've taken control. And it may not come quickly, that answer, but it will get you along the path. And part of individuals I see who are more sphere, most fearful is where they've just sat and ruminated and waiting for something to happen, as opposed to taking charge of the situation and doing something. Perfect. And what you were able to do, you gave us our calls to action for, for organizations and for individuals. And before I let you go, and I, and I know you and I could talk all day, um, and uh, please tell your husband I said hello. <clears throat> so, uh, <laughs> as an inside joke, guys. So, uh, if you would uh, share anything else, uh, Sarah, I am so excited that, that you decided to come on, that you graced me with your your presence, but also sharing your wisdom with with our audience. So, uh, if if I were to ask you, Sarah, mm -hmm. what is a call to action? one call to action that you would say to an organization, this is what I would suggest you do. And then a call to action to an individual. This is one of the things, one thing that I would suggest you do going forward. What would it be? Fabulous. Well, so I think about two things when it's a call for action to organizations. One is, strengthening the communication with employees throughout the organization is one that helps them know, here's what we do know about what's ahead this year. Here's what we don't know. It's the absence of information that I find 
are really difficult for individuals. So communication to me is one. Second is holding developmental conversations all throughout the organization. So rather than always waiting for the employee to initiate those, how do I demonstrate good leadership to understand the person sitting in front of me? There's lots of change. We assume new teams all the time. Am I getting to know each of those individuals and really understanding what they want? and helping them find their best place in the organization, that comes from having those developmental conversations that allow a person to say, here's what I'm looking for next. And you as a responsible party in the organization can begin to say, I don't think it's here, or let's begin to you know, investigate this. So those are two things that I would say um, are really important, LD. For individuals, you mentioned the start of the year, and um, I've never been one who's good at resolutions and sticking with them. What I am pretty good at, I think, as a person who reflects, and as you said, ask a lot of questions, I think the time now is for reflection. I, For me, this pandemic, coupled with the turning of the new year, has allowed me to say, at the point in which we can begin to return to more um, outside engagement with other people, less in our homes, I'm not gonna to wanna to be in my house very much, right? I'm gonna be wanting that. So how do I use my time wisely now to make the most of it? What's working about the way things are now? What's not working? And how do I work on those things that aren't working? So reflection to me is most important, real clarity about, what do I want from now? Let's say till June, give myself a marker. What do I want between now and June to happen? And how do I make that happen? And then go ask for what you want, right? So those three things for me are important. And recognizing we may not get all we need or want, it becomes a negotiation. But first you've got to have clarity about what that is. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. You know, uh, Sarah, thank you. Thank you for your time and thank you for your, your wisdom. Uh, I have been blessed to work with you for the last decade. Uh, we're looking at a, going into year 10, I believe, 10 or 11. Yeah, uh, and it exactly. has been, I know, right? And we don't look a day older than when we started. Not I mean, one bit. <laughs> hey. <laughs> But it is it is a pleasure, and uh, we are we are so so blessed to do the work that we do. And I do want to thank you for being on. And I want to ask you: Is there are there any parting words you want to share with our audience? Mm. Ah, yes, LD. So let's go to the questions, right? Okay. So I think uh, one of my favorite questions. I'll leave the audience with this: When you get a no to your ask. Return with a question that says, under what conditions could you consider saying yes? And then you know what the obstacles are. So that's one of my favorite questions I'll leave with your audience. And LD, thank you for having me a part. I'm excited for you in sharing practical wisdom. You're the best person to be doing this. And uh, the next time we're together, we can uh, 
tell more jokes and stories on each other. <laughs> Absolutely, Sarah. And guys, uh, the information about Sarah's business, Optimum Insights, will be on our websites with a website with a link so that you can go in, click on. She is a phenomenal, phenomenal coach. So if you need a, an executive coach, if you need some work done, Sarah is the person for you. And I personally guarantee that you will not be disappointed. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm excited about my friend and can't wait to get to see her so that we can hug again. We love to hug and, and we haven't been able to hug. So thank you for that. Everybody enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for tuning in and for supporting me. I don't take your support for granted. I am both grateful and humbled. Join us next week for another episode. And remember to subscribe and ask others to subscribe. Go to our website at commonsenseleadership.org for more detail. Thank you and have a great day. This podcast and omni-channel experience is brought to you by the Walter Cates Foundation, the entertainment and telecommunication industry's leading national foundation dedicated to advocacy around diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we are proud to have them as our signature partner. We are very grateful for their generosity and for their support. To learn more, visit waltercates.org. Thank you for joining Common Sense Leadership Podcast with your host, Dr. L.D. Bennett. Visit our website, commonsenseleadership.org for more details. See you next week.